If you are a fan of baseball, then this video is for you because Major League Baseball just made some changes to their official rules, which will change how baseball is played moving forward. Today, we'll get into the details of these three rule changes that were made, how it might impact the game moving forward, and then also my opinions on these changes, because honestly, I'm not a fan of one of these. So make sure to stick around until the very end. And this topic was requested by a viewer of the channel, so I appreciate your input. And if you have any topics you'd like me to cover, please make sure to leave a comment below, and I might pick your topic for a video. So before we get any further, why are there any changes needed in baseball? Major League Baseball as a whole has said that it's their goal to make a better experience for the fan overall and to get more fans excited about and watching baseball. Our guiding star in thinking about changes to the game has always been our fans. What do our fans want to see on the field? And certain things are really clear. Number one, fans want games with better pace. Two, fans want more action, more balls in play. And three, Fans want to see more of the athleticism of our great players. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! If their real goal was to make a better experience and to get more fans watching baseball, then they would get rid of TV blackout restrictions, but that's a whole different topic. The three rule changes that were proposed this year by MLB to the Joint Competition Committee were the pitch timer, defensive shift restrictions, and larger bases. On top of these three rule changes, there's also been the robo-ump that has been tested in the minor leagues, but that is not yet coming to baseball in 2023. The Joint Competition Committee is a voting body consisting of four active players, six members appointed by Major League Baseball, and one umpire. This competition committee was created during the 2022 to 2026 collective bargaining agreement before last season. Here's a chart that shows some research MLB did to back up why these changes might be needed. Some MLB trends since 1950, the average game time has gone from two hours and 34 minutes in 1955 up to last year in 2022, the average game time was a little over three hours, three hours and seven minutes. The league average batting average has gone down since 1953 from 264 to 243 last year. The strikeout rates in baseball has gone up since 1950 from 9.9% in 1950 all the way up to 22.3% in 2022. And then the stolen base attempts per game has come down since 1976. 1976, there was 2.37 stolen base attempts per game, whereas last year there was just 1.35 stolen base attempts per game. And then according to MLB's fan research, fans want a crisper pace of play. The ideal game time apparently that a fan wants is two and a half hours, whereas currently it's a little over three hours. The fans also want more action in the game, so the most popular plays in a game are stolen base attempts triples, doubles, and create defensive plays. The least popular plays are mound visits, walks, pitching changes, and pickoff attempts. Looking over the last 25 years specifically, going from 1997 to last year, again, it shows the average in game time has gone up. The average amount of runs have come down. The average batting average has come down. And then down below, it states that over the past 25 years, games are 11 minutes longer, but offense is down nearly a run per game. The average amount of runs per game has come down 0.47, which is not close to one run per game, but their, their point stands. Then they also to say that batting average has fallen as the strikeout rate has increased. I think the reasoning why strikeout rate has gone up so much is because the average pitcher in MLB nowadays is just that much better. Part of the strikeout rate and the drop in batting average might be that some people have gone all out for trying to hit home runs, but then recently the defensive shifts definitely have had an impact on batting average. I think the fans will love the pitch timer. Uh, which creates more action and a faster pace of play. I think fans will appreciate the bigger bases, which promote player safety and, and more stolen base activity. And I think fans will cherish the moments absent extreme defensive shifts when games are decided 
you know, not by whether their team's infield is positioned by the perfect algorithm, but by whether their team's second baseman can range to make an athletic diving play with everything on the line. So this game is about the players and it is for the fans. And we hope that these rule changes underscore that. Uh, and we're confident that they help move us closer to the very best version of baseball. All right, now getting into the first rule change, the pitch timer. So prior to this rule, the pitcher and the batter could take as long as they want between pitches. There was no restrictions. Now in an effort to reduce the average time of game, there's this pitch timer. So first off, in between innings, there's an inning break of two minutes and 15 seconds. If you look down at the bottom, nationally televised games have a break of two minutes and 40 seconds. Postseason games have a break of three minutes and 10 seconds. Between batters, there's a 30 second time limit. In and then between pitches, it depends on if the bases are empty or if there's runners on base. If the bases are empty, there's a 15 second pitch timer between pitches. If there's any runners on base, then there's a 20 second timer between pitches. The restrictions on the pitcher, the pitcher must begin motion before the timer expires. The pitcher may disengage the rubber twice per plate appearance without penalty, after which the timer would reset. A disengagement for a pitcher would be anytime he steps off the rubber, so that could be a pickoff attempt or a step off. However, the amount of disengagements resets if the runner advances a base. Any further disengagements from the rubber would result in a balk unless an out is recorded on a runner. When a balk occurs, all runners are able to advance one base. The restrictions to the batter with a pitch timer, the batter must be in the batter's box and alert to the pitcher with at least eight seconds remaining on that pitch clock. And the batter is allowed one timeout per plate appearance. Now, pitchers who violate the timer are charged with an automatic ball, and batters who violate the timer are charged with an automatic strike. And as we saw in the very first spring training game of this year between the Mariners and the Padres, Manny Machado was the first player to violate the pitch timer, and he started off the at-bat in an 0-1 count. Now, with runners on base, the timer does reset if the pitcher attempts a pickoff or steps off the rubber. So essentially, a pitcher would be limited to throwing over to a base two times in an at-bat, if a third pickoff attempt is made, the runner automatically advances one base if the pickoff attempt is not successful. Mound visits, injury timeouts, and offensive team timeouts do not count as a disengagement. If a team has used up all five of its allotted mound visits prior to the ninth inning, that team will receive an additional mound visit in the ninth inning. So this effectively serves as an additional disengagement. Umpires can also provide extra time if warranted by special circumstances. So how will this affect the game? Well, obviously games will be quicker. On average in the minor leagues from 2021 to 2022, when the pitch timer was implemented, the average time of game for a nine inning game decreased by 20 26 minutes to 2 hours and 38 minutes. There was also a slight boost to batting average, a decrease in strikeout percentage, and an increase in walk percentage. Also talking minor league baseball, going from 2019 to 2022, there was actually a pretty decent increase in stolen base attempts per game, going from 2.23 up to 2.83, and a stolen base success rate increasing from 68% to 77%. The reason why it'll increase the stolen base attempts is because the runner knows how many times the pitcher can throw over. So if the pitcher has already thrown over twice, the runner knows there's a good chance the pitcher is not throwing over again otherwise they risk a balk so that runner can be much more aggressive on their steal attempt and then looking at the pitch timer violations the amount of violations per game clearly it'll take some time for players to adapt but by week 21 there was 0.45 violations per game so that's about a violation every two games and the commissioner compared this stat to the average amount of times that there's a delay of game in the nfl about once every two games and here's a side-by-side -side comparison of the exact same pitcher in back-to-back -back years on the left, the pitcher was in AAA where they were using the pitch clock. And on the right, the pitcher was in MLB 
where they were not using a pitch clock. Both sequences were five pitches, and when not using the pitch clock, the pitcher took 35 more seconds than when they did have a pitch clock. And then when factoring in that there's around 300 pitches in the average MLB game, you can see how having a pitch clock can shave off a decent amount of time. The thing Major League Baseball really needs to think about and consider before the regular season starts is how impactful this can be in changing a game in very crucial moments. For example, if a batter is not ready to go, it can end in at-bat, it can end in inning, it can end a game. And we already saw a game end this spring training because of the pitch timer. It was bottom of the ninth, two outs, 3-2 count with the bases loaded. 2-2 two, two pitch. Oh, and now what? He's out. Damn, cold strike three. in 2023 and they punch him out wow that's it and it was a questionable call but the umpire called a pitch timer violation on the batter struck him out the game was over i think there needs to be a restriction on pitch timer whether that's in the late innings the eighth or ninth innings during the regular season but then in playoff games come on just completely scrap the pitch timer and just looking on twitter it seems a majority of baseball fans are a big fan of the pitch timer this is the new rule that i personally do not care for in general i am against additional regulation and rules in the game let the players play and the coaches coach and whoever has the best strategy comes out winning all right rule number two the defensive shift restrictions the problem mlb is facing is that there's been a decline in offense and in batting average and part of that is due to the amount of shifts that are going on in baseball if someone's a heavy pull hitter and a team knows that they're likely to hit the ball to one side of the field, they've tended to load up that side of the field with multiple defenders, which is good strategy overall, but to the fan, it's taking away from the overall quality of the game. So this new rule for 2023, the objective for restricting defensive shifts is to encourage more balls in play, better showcase the athleticism of defensive players, and then counteract the growing trend of four-player outfields. So the shift restrictions for 2023, number one is the infield depth. All four infielders must have both feet within the outer boundary of the infield when the pitcher is on the rubber. So at all times when the pitcher is on the rubber or in the throwing motion, the infielders have to have their feet on the infield dirt. Secondly, the lateral positioning. Two infielders must be positioned on each side of second base when the pitch is released. And then thirdly, no switching sides. So infielders may not switch sides unless there is a substitution. So this means that Manny Machado, who's a third baseman, cannot move over to second base if they know that there's going to be a lefty pole hitter that's going to most likely hit it around the second base area. If the infielder are not aligned properly at the time of the pitch, the offense can choose an automatic ball or the result of the play. It's kind of like a defensive offsides in the NFL to where it's basically a free play. This rule does not preclude a team from positioning an outfielder in the infield or in the shallow outfield grass in certain situations. So there can't be more than three outfielders because there has to be four people on the infield dirt at all times. So how will this affect the game? Will there be more offense? It'll be more interesting games. The infielders will be able to show off their athleticism, which I think will be a lot of fun to see. Heavy pole hitters will now have a higher likelihood of getting a hit, where in prior years, they were penalized. If they had a hard hit ball into the shallow outfield on their pole side, there was probably a second baseman or a third baseman standing there ready to field the ball, but now that's going away. We might still see heavy outfield shifts, or if you bring a right fielder in to play in the infield and you only have two outfielders, you technically can do that, but again, you're putting yourself at a bit of a disadvantage if they hit a gap. Again, I am a fan of the shift restrictions. I think that this will definitely help baseball and it'll make it a much more entertaining game. Now getting into the last new rule for 2023, and that is larger base 
bases. Bases have typically been 15 inches on each side as a square. They will now be 18 inches square. Home plate will remain unchanged. This might have a modest impact on the success rate for stolen bases because there's a larger base path. There's also a shorter distance between base paths now. Although it's a very small difference between first and second and second and third, it reduces the overall distance by just four and a half inches, which for reference is a reduction in the total distance between base paths by just 0.4%. But by increasing the size of the base, it's actually increasing the surface area of the base by 44%, which means that there's more room for a player to slide in. And more importantly, there's more room on first base for the first baseman to extend trying to catch a ball, while also allowing the runner to touch a bag without colliding into first base. And just going from 2021 to 2022 in the minor leagues, the amount of base-related injury events decreased by 13% from 2021 to 2022. The less people getting hurt, the better. I'm a fan of this rule change, I don't think it makes a big impact either way, but it does help with the potential injury risk. So overall, I think this is a plus. So to recap, the three new rules for 2023 are the pitch timer, the defensive shift restrictions, and the larger bases. Please make sure to comment below if you have any additional questions or if you have any comments or opinions on these rule changes. And thank you for watching and we'll see you next time. All right guys, goodbye Zondi, don't forget it.